This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. So glad to have each of you with us this morning as we gather online from wherever you may be. If you haven't already, go under the chat and let us know where you're viewing from. We would love to hear from you. I know we have, you know, hundreds of people here in South Florida that are part of this community, but also those that are around our nation and around the world that are getting impacted through what God is doing through this place. And I just want to, again, echo what Julie said, welcome this morning And I want to thank each of you for the generosity as you've continued to give into this ministry. As she mentioned, we've been able, along with Church United and other churches in this region, be able to make an impact in two vital areas, one with the most vulnerable in our elderly community and serving those that are on the front lines within our health care system. If you're out there today and you're in health care, would you also let us know? Tell us who you are, what you're doing um, the, the realms within healthcare that you're serving. I was just talking the other night via text to one of our emergency room doctors who's a part of the harbor, and also through some, with someone who is uh, doing x-rays over people that are coming into the emergency room. And, and I want to actually just take a minute, and if you would, let's just join in for those that are serving in healthcare, on the front lines of first responders, um, our, our police force, like those that who in this time are not getting a break, those that are serving people, pastors and leaders all around our, our, our region and nation, around the world that are under tremendous you know, pressure right now and all of this change and transformation. Could you join me? Let's just, let's just unite our faith and ask God to give a grace over the lives of these like never before. Let's pray. Father, would you come and visit the earth with your presence, God, for all of our lives, but this morning in particular, we give thanks for those that are laying down servanthood for humanity in the various realms that I just mentioned. God, and we ask that, God, you would just give comfort to them and their families, that, Lord, you would bless them, God, like never before. Lord, we sincerely pray that a strength from heaven would come over these ones serving in these spaces, that, God, they are dealing with, Lord, problems like they've never faced before, but, God, you are the solution. God, you are the strength. God, you are the the lifter of our heads, and we ask that, God, you would meet with these friends. We love you. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. And again, if we haven't heard from you, please let us know who you are that's out there. We want to thank God for you on the chat. Hey, thank God for all of those that are serving in these different realms and these different spaces. Again, good morning. So glad to have you. So excited to be able to spend a few minutes with you on Sunday morning coming to you live in your living rooms or wherever you may find yourself here. I want to just give a shout out as well to our amazing team our entire staff. We've been able to do everything that literally we were doing before as a ministry. Now we're just doing it through a different venue, online space, but it's, it's going very, very well. If you've got stuff going on in your lives, uh, which we understand, my own family, we've got a, a son who is now doing his schooling in his senior year from home. Um, Wendy lost her job as a physical therapist about a week ago. We understand what people are facing 
and we want to be there to support you all um, through the various means that we're able to do that. You know, so if you've got a pastoral request, go under our Harbor app or online under Harbor Care and submit that pastoral request. We've got an amazing pastoral team along with our Zoom small group leaders right now that are helping to pastorally care for the people in this church. If you've got prayer requests, there's a myriad of ways to do that. You can text in a prayer request. You can fill out a prayer request on our app online through our website as well. So love to have you just continue to engage us in those ways. And we sincerely are taking these things before the Lord. We've got an intercessory team that's praying. It's amazing what God is continuing to do through the Harbor Church, and we're so glad that you're a part of this family, and we want to stay connected and engaged with you. Amen? All right, we're going to look into the Word of the Lord. How many of you know that the Word of God is what gives us strength? It's what gives us hope. It's what gives us courage in a time like this, in a moment like this. And little did we know when we started the Vision 2020 series that we were going to face a coronavirus epidemic in the earth. But the Word of God is strong, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it's able to divide us under, going between our soul and our spirit and pierce to the very heart of the issue of the matter that we're all facing in this time. And so we were in this series really asking God for clarity of vision. And I think one of the things that a crisis does is it gives us opportunity maybe to see things in a new light. Yes, it presents un- uh, predicted problems. You know, none of us saw these problems coming, but it also positions us for unprecedented opportunities. And so what I want to talk about tonight, today actually, this morning, is your ministry, the ministry that God's given you. I believe the Lord is going to posture us in this time to be prepared and positioned to see a movement hit the earth where there's going to be an army of laborers released on the backside, even he's doing it now, of this moment to see one of the greatest revivals and ultimate reformations in human history. I believe that with all of my heart. And so I'm just going to be daring this morning. I'm going to pour out from the essence of of who I am in Christ to you today through the Word of the Lord. Now, last week we saw how Jesus... Had, had, had to come out of the wilderness, out of a crisis experience himself as he was being tempted by the devil under great physical and mental duress. On the backside of that, he had to be cared for or ministered to by angels. The same exact terminology when God is raising up deacons or servants in the church the, the, the language, if you look at those scriptures that we touched on last week, it's the same exact kind of ministry that actually were to be to people in the world that are under physical and mental duress and distress. It's, 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 it's the same thing Jesus received in the wilderness on the backside of that temptation that he actually was able to give away in power when he came out of the wilderness and began his ministry. You see, everything that Jesus did I just want you to see this and to hear this this morning. He was an example for us. He was a a testimony of what would be possible for all of us in our lives as we carry Christ in us, the hope of glory. This is what he's wanting to show us right now with 2020 vision 
as we're walking through this crisis moment, preparing to come out the other side and be released on the earth as a mass army of laborers. You see, Jesus has called us all to be ministers. I want right where you're sitting right now, I want you to put your hand over your heart and I want you to say, I am a minister of the Lord Jesus. Because that's the truth. You carry value, you carry weight, you carry authority, God, on the inside of your heart through Jesus, and you are called to be a minister. Every single person that names the name of Jesus as Lord is going to be a part of these laborers, this army that God's going to release on the earth. So, I want to touch on briefly what are some key factors of what your ministry, but let's put it in this way, because we're all collectively ministers together. Our ministry looks like. You see, it's not just one of us, or two of us, or ten of us. It's, I think it's two billion people right now on the planet that follow and name Jesus as Lord. That is the current army. But listen, there's more coming. There's been promises throughout human history, that there's going to be another billion soul harvest of laborers. It could be inactive members in the body. It could be those that don't know Jesus. We, we, we expect for both. But what does our ministry look like? Turn with me if you have your Bibles this morning. We're going to be putting them up on the screen as well to Matthew chapter 4, verse 13. Because after Jesus received ministry from the angels and was strengthened, After his time of crisis, he comes out of the wilderness in power. Now look what happens when he comes out of the wilderness in power. It says that he first went to Nazareth, then he left there and moved to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and and Naphtali. Now very very important, notice what it says after that. It says in verse 14, this fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. That is very important because the first point of what our ministry looks like is our ministry is our city, or maybe a better way of putting it, is our location. As we follow the will of God, wherever any of us are supposed to be, the location on where God's positioned us, and that's not just in the city that you live in, it could be the neighborhood that you're, that you're dwelling in, it could be the place that you're working right now, or going to be working again soon if you've been furloughed like my wife has. It is important to take note that we're seeking and trying to follow the will of God for what our ministry looks like by being properly positioned. This is important, properly positioned. Because look what happened in Jesus' position in this day, in Matthew 4, verse 14. As it fulfilled what the prophet Isaiah said, this prophetic word of the Lord, Jesus was so tuned in to the will of the Father that he properly positioned himself on where he was supposed to live. He had never lived in Capernaum before. But look in verse 15, it says, In the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the river Jordan and Galilee, were so many Gentiles lived. Now listen, you've got to catch this. Those were people who needed what Jesus carried. Listen, please hear my heart. God is going to position us in places where people need Jesus. Well, Darren, that's really hard. You don't understand the type of people that I work with. Or gosh, the people in my neighborhood, they got so many problems. Listen, beautiful 
Because our ministry as it relates to positioning is going to be strategically set up by God so that ministry can reach the people that are on his heart. In fact, you remember what he said? He said, the healthy don't need a doctor, the sick do. And we carry the answer for what ails humanity right now. And God is going to position us where he wants us to be. If you, if you follow along in that verse, in verse 16 following, this is powerful to think about, but it says, the people who sat in darkness... Think of how many people that are out there right now that don't have Jesus, that are walking through this epidemic, this pandemic, and they're under great darkness. They can't see like we see. They can't can't be comforted in the way that we can be comforted because of the Holy Spirit. It says that they've seen a great light. What was that great light? Was it some random light that shined from heaven? No, it was Jesus in their midst. God is going to put us in the midst of people and the light that they're going to see shining through us is Christ in us. The hope of glory. It's amazing as they continue, as he continues here, it says, for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. Come on. Where death is trying to reign on the earth, we are the salt and light in the earth to cast a different reality, to bring a different atmosphere into those spaces. We carry Jesus, a light that shines to bring transformation. Now, I want to show you something here real quick that caught my attention in verse 13. Go back there. Before Jesus moved to Capernaum, it says that he first went to Nazareth. Look at that with me. Before Capernaum, he first went to Nazareth. There's something very powerful on that verse that I want you to consider. Because see, it was in Nazareth where no one really accepted Jesus. They, They had familiarity with him. And because of that, They didn't see him as Messiah. They didn't recognize him as a light. And he had to go back and deal with that reality in his heart. I want to ask you a question. As you're here today, as you're thinking about the words that I'm saying to you, it might be good for you to go back home and deal with some of those insecurities, some of those voices, some of those things that have been said over your heart, that God wants to reconcile right now in this moment before you move to Capernaum, if you will. You see, we have to come to an understanding of who we really are, what we've been called to do, what we actually carry. And I think there's been many things spoken over many of your lives that are trying to diminish the reality of what you carry in Jesus. Go to Nazareth first before you move on to Capernaum. You see, because none of us can start our ministry unless we're rooted in our identity. Unless we understand that we are carrying the very presence of God because of his nearness, that we know that we're all called to make an impact, that we're here on this earth to leave an inheritance to our children's children, if Jesus would so tarry. Go to Nazareth before you go to Capernaum. Now look with me in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. He was bringing this new reality, this awakening, this ultimate reformation to the people. 
And he was doing it from a place where he had now gone himself. He knew the Father in an intimate way. He knew that heaven was no longer in this other realm, that it had come to earth, that it was now living on the inside of him. And he began to preach this message of repentance, a new way of thinking a new way to view the world, a new way to have a perspective that aligns with the Word of God. We need to repent of where we've been missing the mark. And now that a new day has dawned, come on somebody, even in the midst of this coronavirus, we need to remember that a new day has dawned. We carry a greater reality than fear. We carry a greater reality than anxiety. We carry a greater reality in the answer for sickness that's trying to come on the planet. And we can't take someone to a place as ministers until we've gone that place ourselves. So the second thing that I believe God has given us for our ministry is to be aware of what it looks like. Our ministry is our message. Now I want to just point this out and say this on the front end. Our message is the testimony of transformation in our lives. It's not our dogma. It's not our fancy ideas. It's, 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 it's not our... Um, presumptions it's not our religious lingo it's it's what God has done in us you see we're able to defeat Satan himself by first the power of the blood right which has already made a display and spectacle spectacle of him openly on the day of the cross of Christ and his forthcoming resurrection but also it's by the power of our testimony God has given us a testimony. He has given us a a, a word to bring to the world of how our lives have been changed. Our message, the clarion call of His redemptive power, is this whole thing that we talk about a lot here at the harbor, transformed people. And transformed people will transform culture because we have authority out of what God has done for us. Come on. Are you seeing that? Our ministry is our message. Our message is powerful. Your transformation is permission for someone else to come into something like that out of their own story, okay? You need to have a message. God wants your voice to be heard. And however you need to find expression for that, maybe you need to start blogging. Maybe you need to start going on and doing Facebook Live. Maybe you start to need to start writing a book. I don't know what that looks like for you, but your message is powerful. Now, I, want you, I just want to pause here for a minute because I want to touch on something that I'm seeing and I don't, think it's, I don't think it's Jesus, okay? Think of all the various ministry messaging, especially on the front end of this thing that came out over the airwaves during this, the, the launch of this pandemic on how we all of a sudden are supposed to respond during this crisis, right? Now, each of them have legitimacy, so I want to say that up front. But I want to I address this for just a minute. For example, the prayer movements are calling for solemn assemblies that stand in the gap and push back demonic disease. Awesome. We should be praying, right? But the Signs and Wonders camp is saying, you know, let's embrace church, the church's finest hour and release Christ's healing power to the sick and the infirm. This will all turn out for the release of revival and the vindication of the gospel on the earth. Legitimate. The missional movements are calling for us to give ourselves to the expansion of church that is centered in neighborhoods and entails small groups that can endure even the government's gathering restrictions and are able to reach people and our unsaved neighbors. The sacramental parts of the body of Christ are appealing for us to embody the gospel and sacrifice our lives in care for the sick, the poor, 
and pointing to the Lord's admonition in Matthew 25, verse 34 to 36, that we're to care as we care for the sick and for the poor, we're caring actually for Jesus himself. I love all of these approaches. I'm, I'm, I'm actually saying yes and amen to them. The problem is, is when we say, hey, this is the answer, and this is better than all the other answers, and there's even mean-spiritedness on how people are, are take, you know, tearing down one part of the body versus lifting up everything that Jesus is doing on the earth. Listen, Harbor family, that's not how we're going to operate. We're going to thank God for all of these different movements, all of the, the different ways that God is, is moving through the body of Christ to bring this message of transformation to the earth. Because we, if, we, if we haven't been changed, how can our prayers change anything? If we haven't been changed, how are we going to be used with signs and wonders to heal the sick? If we haven't been changed, how are we going to give our lives to caring for the unfortunate? If we haven't been changed, how are we going to missionally touch our, our community and our city? Lastly, our ministry is an invitation to others. Verse 18 of chapter 4 says, One day Jesus was walking along the shore in the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And verse 19 says, Jesus called out to them, Come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Remember the early days of ministry for Wendy and I, what it looked like was just going and sitting down with some friends that we felt highlighted to us and saying, hey, come, let's hang out, let's do life together. Let's begin this journey. I want to ask you a question. Who is God placing on your heart to extend an invitation to? Because when invitations go out, our ministry, actually I had another point here, becomes a movement. Jesus began to travel all throughout the region of Galilee, announcing the good news of the kingdom, healing every kind of disease and illness. Verse 24 says that the news about this spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. Whatever sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Listen, there will be a following in the days to come unlike we've ever seen. Verse 25 says, Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea and from east of the river Jordan. Could we just, as we go back into this song, could we just... Ask for Holy Spirit to remind us that our location matters, that our message matters of our transformation, that our invitation to others matter, that a movement, come on, remind your spirit that a movement is about to break out on the earth. I just want faith to arise in your heart. A movement is about to break forth on the earth. But God is ministering to us right now on the backside of the wilderness. After we've come out of a crisis, not even fully, positioned in this moment of a crisis, let the peace of God come and surpass even our own understanding. In Jesus' name. Love
deep emotion, like literally from the inside. Like, and I'm asking that God would give us that as we look out at all these people, even the church, good or bad, wherever we're at, that we would have great compassion on the inside. And it says this, Jesus was moved with that compassion because it says they were confused and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In other words, there wasn't a light, a glorious, glowing, burning one that had been placed in their midst to give them an example of another reality. And so he turned to his disciples and he said, listen, I want you to pray with me that the Father would raise up an army of laborers praying for a moment like today that was happening 2,000 years ago. And I want us to join in as we close this time out to echo and say amen to that prayer that I believe God is wanting to resurge and revitalize right now in the church. Would you join me? Father, would you touch your bride? Would you come and transform us into the image of Jesus? You've already accomplished that work and that promise is living on the inside of us. God, would you release the power of that promise over the earth today through us, Jesus. I'm asking for a harvest of the harvesters, a harvest within the church itself so that we can represent, represent Jesus in a way that He modeled to us. God, come and do that like we've never experienced before. Look at me. That's going to start with the peace of God ruling in our hearts and our lives. Doesn't mean we're not going to have problems. Doesn't mean we're not going to face fears. Doesn't mean we're not going to face real realities. But there's a place we can go in God, even now, that will take us to a promising future that carries the glory of heaven like we've maybe never seen. Amen? Listen, I want to thank you for joining us online. If you enjoyed this time, please make comments, repost it, share it with other people through all of our social media outlets. If you haven't already, followed us on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe to YouTube or our iTunes account through Apple where our messaging is held. Please do so. That's not a plug to grow any of those spaces for us. It's simply the practical way that we're going to be able to get this out to the world. Listen, I love you on behalf of our staff. Wendy and I just want to say God bless you. Again, we're praying for you this week. Be on the lookout for all things happening in Harbor Online. We love you. God bless you this day. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.